Father God, would you please speak now through my weak and foolish words that we would hear your wisdom and we would hear of your love and of your purposes. Amen. Would you please be seated. Again, just to say, um, if uh, there are colouring sheets through there for older children, if they want to pick them up, they're very welcome to stay out there or to bring them back here. Um, we've just sung in the bleak midwinter. I did think, which talks about snow has fallen, snow on snow, snow on snow. And I, I did think coming to Russia that I could sing that hymn with integrity. Um, but, but sadly, where's all the snow, God? <laughs> uh, I, I, I do hope that it will be here for, for the new year. Well, Luke and Matthew tell the story of Christmas in different ways. They focus on different things. Luke tells us that there was no room in the inn, that Jesus was born in a stable, laid in a manger, and visited by shepherds. They were social outcasts of the time. And Luke wants us to know, and he's focusing on this, that Jesus came to bring hope to the poor and the oppressed. Matthew we've just read from Matthew, shows us more of the dark side of Christmas. He tells us earlier that Joseph was planning to divorce Mary when he learned that she was pregnant. And in our reading today, he speaks of the night escape to Egypt, of the slaughter of the innocents, and of the continuing threat to the life of the child Jesus. And I guess Matthew, who really is showing Jesus as the king of the Jews, is showing how above all of this, God is in control. So today we're looking at the mystery of the purposes of God and at the salvation, the rescue of God. The mystery of the purposes of God. Sometimes after, for instance, an air disaster, you may hear the story of someone who was prevented from getting on the doomed flight. There was a hold-up beyond their control and they got to the airport too late. And they speak of how God protected them by preventing them getting on the plane. Some of you may not as, maybe not as dramatic as that, may have had experiences like that. And I'm sure that that is absolutely true. But I also wonder if there were people who did get on that, plate, on that plane or on that flight who were not intending to fly on it, but circumstances conspired so that they were on the plane. And as a result, they died. Of course, we don't hear their stories. But where was God in that? And today we read of how an angel spoke to Jesus, spoke to Joseph, and Jesus was saved. But we also read of how other children in Bethlehem were murdered by Herod's troops. They died because of Jesus. If Jesus had not been born in Bethlehem that first Christmas, they would have lived. In, in some traditions, they are described as the first martyrs for Christ. 
Where was God in that? And we do hear stories of remarkable deliverances, some dramatic, some not so dramatic, but just as real to the people involved. Only last week I received my aunt's uh, Christmas circular. Um, uh, uh, she is 93 and she lives in Toronto in Canada. She was on her own in a large shopping centre in her wheelchair. She had to get to a restaurant where it had been rain arranged for some transport to pick her up at a particular time to take her home. She knew it was some way away, but she didn't know where it was. She asked for instructions, started going, but after a few minutes, remember she is 93, after a few minutes realized she was really, really lost and on her own. She says that tears were running down her cheeks and she prayed, Lord, I'm lost and I'm scared. Again, she writes, I turned to my right and there approaching my, my wheelchair were two security guards immaculately dressed in green uniforms of smart suits that looked brand new and oh so smart. The lady's hair was so attractive and the man well-groomed. It was so noticeable that I was impressed, so different to today's fashions. That's the 93-year-old speaking. They offered to walk her to the restaurant, about 600 metres away from the shopping centre, along a route she could never have done, crossing a major road that she could not have done on her own. They then disappeared before she could say thank you. Three months later, she returned to the shopping centre. She writes, as I sat at lunchtime, I saw two security guards. I asked them, do you ever wear a green uniform? Oh no, ma'am, this is the only one we wear. So she asked, does anyone else wear a green uniform? No, came the reply. I've worked here for years and I've never seen that at all. Now, whatever we may make of that, those two mysterious security guards in green were certainly to her an outworking of the promise of God when he says, I am with you always. I will never leave you or forsake you. And yet, and yet there are other stories when people are lost and are not rescued, of people believing people who do feel that they have been abandoned. And some of you will have lost those you love, for instance, long before you should have lost them. There is a Chinese story told of three people. There was a grandfather and a father and a son, and they, were, and they all died and they were all blessed. How were they blessed if they all died, says the listener? Well, they died, they were blessed because they died in that order. I've stood with parents at the funeral of their children, with young adults at the funeral of their recently wedded wife or husband, 
with people dealing with long-term pain and serious sickness or people who have experienced or faced abandonment and the sometimes asked question and the sometimes not asked question is where is God in this and I have no answer to that you see God's purposes are mysterious they are beyond our understanding except that I have one answer and that is that one day one day then and there we will see and we will begin to understand and we need to hold on to that by faith you see God protected his son from death now only to abandon him when he was crucified 33 years later the prophet Jeremiah when he is going through a period of intense persecution and suffering he lived uh, about 700 or so years before Jesus cries out and asks God why he was allowed to live blessed he says would have been the man who killed me when I came out of the, my mother's womb I wonder whether Jesus may have been tempted to echo that despair as he hung in agony on the cross because you know how pain just becomes so totally all-consuming I wonder if Jesus no doubt having been told the story by his parents might not have thought if only if only I had been killed as a baby my God my God cries Jesus as he hangs on the cross why have you forsaken me well if these verses make us reflect on the mystery of the purposes of God why does God allow bad things to happen basically then they also point us to where we can find an answer because we glimpse in these verses the hope that God gives there are three strange quotes in this passage I'm only going to look at the first two in verse 15 uh, Matthew quotes from the Old Testament Joseph takes the family into Egypt and Matthew then writes and so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet out of Egypt I called my son it's a quote from Hosea chapter 11 verse 1 and God is speaking about how in their days of their youth if you like God brought the people of Israel out of Egypt into freedom and in verse 17 we're told that the weeping of the mothers of Bethlehem fulfills the words of Jeremiah chapter 31 when Jeremiah speaks of Rachel she she's the mother of Israel she's the beloved wife of Jacob who was the father of the 12 tribes of Israel and Rachel is inconsolable about the loss of her children now Matthew is not a dodgy preacher who hears the word Egypt and who think oh I um, remember a quote in the Old Testament about Egypt um, I'll put that in here he, he knows what he is doing 
The point is that Matthew understands, and this is really important for reading Matthew's Gospel, Matthew understands Jesus to be the one who completes the work of the people of Israel. He is the personification, the embodiment of the people of Israel. And therefore, verses which speak of Israel, Matthew can say, no, they're also speaking of Jesus. Verses which speak of the exile and return of Israel can be speaking also of the exile and return of Jesus. And verses which speak of the suffering and comfort of Israel speak also of the suffering and comfort which surrounds the life of Jesus. And both those quotes speak of how God will save the people of Israel. The first is obvious. All those 2,000 or so years earlier, the people were slaves in Egypt, and God rescued them at the time of Moses. That's the story of the first five books of the Bible. The second is less obvious. If we read what Jeremiah writes in chapter 31, which is why it's always good just to read what those quotes are in their context, we discover that God is saying that although Rachel is weeping for her children, although she is inconsolable because of the suffering that she has experienced, God is saying, I, in those passages, despite that suffering, despite the fact that the people have been taken into ex exile, despite the fact that at the time probably is referring to, to the invasion of, of Sennacherib, of the Assyrians, who was, who was marching through, um, uh, who was marching towards Jerusalem, and Ramah, the city of Ramah, was right on the way. Oh, by the way, I'm a little bit nervous about this because Olga, who I introduced at the front, is doing a PhD on the book of, on the on, on Jeremiah at the moment. So, um, but 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 Ramah was on the way there, and as they as they were walking. Uh, they would have just sort of come and just wiped out Ramah, hence why the women were weeping. But God speaks to the prophet Jeremiah, and he says, I'm bringing hope, I'm bringing salvation, I will bring my people back. There will be comfort. There will be healing. So in both cases, there's God's salvation, God's rescue after suffering. There is weeping today, but there will be joy tomorrow. There is the cross today, but there is the resurrection tomorrow. By the way, if you take the resurrection, if you take eternal life out of Christianity, you are left really with absolutely nothing. We're wasting our time we really could be doing far, far more good being elsewhere. But no, we do not understand the purposes of God. We do not understand why God allowed the children of Bethlehem to be slaughtered. We do not know why there are times when we experience the closeness and protection of God, and other times when we experience intense pain, grief, and the seeming absence of God. But we do know with God, however dark it gets, however dark, there is hope and the light will shine. 
Just as God brought the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt, so through Jesus he will bring us out of slavery to sin and to death into freedom and life and intimacy with him. Just as God comforted Rachel, just as God comforted Israel, so through Jesus he will comfort us and you. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Father God, for many of us, we have experienced intense pain. And there have been times when we have cried out, where are you? Thank you that you are here. Thank you that even in those times you are with us. Thank you that even though your purposes are a mystery to us, one day, one day we will begin to see. And thank you for the hope that you give us, that there is salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.